We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Monday, November the 14th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet on today's show. Where to begin? South Carolina falls to Florida over the weekend, 38-6. to And on this Therapy Monday, I'll just talk and break down everything. And there was a lot, but everything that went wrong on Saturday afternoon. Guys, I'll also give you my biggest takeaway from Saturday. We'll hand out some game balls. We'll talk slap dick of the weekend, and we'll hand out the weekly Cock Commander MVP award as well also news and notes to get into your listener questions and a ton of voicemails as you can imagine guys we have got a packed show for you here on this monday and of course as always it's brought to you by our friends over at prize picks go download the prize picks app go to prizepicks.com when you do use the promo code tsus to receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 guys prize picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry guys. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sports entries. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes, parlay with the over on Spencer Rattler, right? You can play college sports, pro sports. Also, guys, with college basketball back in full swing, You can also play that as well. So anything and everything you can think of, they have got it. They've also got a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Guys, so many fans and listeners of the Spurs Up show have made tons of money with our friends at Prize Picks, and you should as well. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it.
all you can do is laugh because of the pure comedy that you see. And it's a much better alternative, right, than than shedding a tear, than kicking, than screaming. It gets to a point where a game becomes so non-competitive and gets so out of hand where you have to see the humor in it to a degree. And you have to see the ridiculousness in it. And that's sort of where we find ourselves here on this Therapy Monday. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. Chris Phillips here of the Spurs Up show as always. And I know today and the rest of this week will be electric as we are left picking up the pieces from yet another difficult weekend in regards to Gamecocks football, South Carolina Falling to the Florida Gators, and my oh my, I go back to that so popular meme, my expectations were low, but holy shnikes. For some reason, being a fan of this football program, I find myself saying that on a way too regular basis but hey we're in this thing together and i appreciate you all tuning in i hope this show guys does find you well no matter where you are what you are doing again a jam-packed show today and a lot to get into guys just to give you an idea we had 37 voicemails (laughs) 37 voicemails come in after the game on Saturday. I, I feel like almost at this point we could have a separate show, like a separate podcast just for the voicemails, just for you guys' thoughts and banter. And it almost inspires me like maybe we need to do a post game show, do like a post game call in show and let everybody get it out there and vent. And could be dangerous, but it could be a lot of fun as well. Guys, again, I'm going to give you my full thoughts on the game, everything that happened before I do, though, as we go into this week. Obviously, guys, the final home game of the 2022 football season is upon us this weekend. Gamecocks taking on the Tennessee Volunteers, a 7 o'clock kickoff at Willie B. The final TSUS tailgate will also take place live from Seawells. We'll get rocking about 2 o'clock or so. It may be a little bit before, but around 2 o'clock will be the official start time, guys. I will have Beamer Wall towels and koozies for sale. We'll also have koozies and stickers to give away for free. So again, guys, going to be a great time. We, you know, there's going to be a ton of people in town. I know that I've had so many people reach out to me and tell me they're going to be in town for the Tennessee game. Also, Dana Beers from Barstool Sports. He may be stopping by the pot, or excuse me, stopping by the uh, the tailgate at some point. Going to be a really good time. So again, guys, would love to see you out there. Spot 78 at Seawells across the street from the rocket in the fairgrounds. And if you're looking at the Seawells building from the road, we are directly to the left of that building. The TSUS and Big Cock Club flags will be flying high. So again, really excited to take in one last tailgate with you all. And I feel like we all sort of have a similar feeling on how the game will go. So let's make the most of the day and let's make the most of the tailgate For sure. On that note, guys, also in regards to weekend plans, as I'm sure you all heard by now, SEC Nation is coming to Columbia, South Carolina. They will be in town. Paul Feinbaum and the gang uh, will be out on the horseshoe all week long. 
I'm not exactly 110% sure of our plans at this point. I will let you all know what the deal is, what's going on. Will we be out there on Friday, on Saturday, what have you? Uh, So again, just stay tuned. SEC Nation Saturday morning gets going at 10 a.m. The last time they were in town was actually last season during the Kentucky week, and I was able to to slide out there on Friday and then on Saturday as well and meet up with a bunch of you guys and and hand out stickers and hand out merch. So I may even be bringing the Beamerball towels and some of the Beamerball stuff out there and sell it on site in the horseshoe or at the horseshoe, I should say, uh, at SEC Nation. So again, going to be a fun week, going to be a fun weekend and really looking forward to hanging out and enjoying one last Gamecocks home football game with you all. All right, let's get into this game that took place on Saturday night. Gamecocks falling to Florida by a score of 38-6. to That was a butt whooping. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, guys, I, I don't know what else you say pathetic, embarrassing, inexcusable, you know, all of the negative adjectives you could think of. And I'll say this too. I felt confident in Florida all week long, right? I I just, after the Vanderbilt game, you know, even though it was a, you know, it was a nice win. It was a win to get you to six wins and get you to bowl eligibility. You know, I, I, I saw some things in that Vandy game. That still really bothered me, right? The, the 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 lack of ability to stop the running game, and certainly that showed itself in this ball game. Florida rushing for three hundred and seventy four yards. The Gators had two players over a hundred yards, and had Anthony Richardson at ninety six yards rushing. So Florida was able to do obviously whatever they wanted on the ground, and I saw that in the Vandy game. Um, you know, I, I did not trust South Carolina offensively to put together another good performance, a performance that they were going to inevitably need to win this game, right? Guys, we talked about it all week, right? You, you needed to score points. Florida was going to score points. You knew defensively you were not going to be, be able to stop them on a consistent enough basis, right, to win a slugfest, to win a low-scoring game. So I felt confident in my Florida pick all week. You know, I had the Florida guys a week ago today ask me, you know, off the jump, put me on the spot in regards to a prediction. And, you know, I I took the Gators at that point and felt confident in the Gators all week long. But to watch what we watched on Saturday night, I mean, what is there really to say, guys? What is there to say? I'm still sitting here baffled more than 24 hours after the fact. Like, I'm still baffled that you got held scoreless, right? We've had offensive problems this year, there's no question. But, like, this is a new low for Marcus Satterfield and this Gamecocks offense. I mean, mean, this is truly a new new mark for this group and not in the positive, right? To go scoreless against the defense – that ranks outside of the top 100 nationally. Scoreless offensively. You got the ball at the Gators' 20-yard line after a turnover, and you could not convert it into a touchdown. That's how bad you were. Your only score coming off of the, you know, the the the, the trick play on the punt, Kai Kroger to Dak Joyner. Outside of that, nothing. 
I mean, guys, it, this is a show today that you know we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna rant, we're going to we're gonna vent all week. But it's like I, I feel like I'm just spewing hot air at this point. This team is what it is. Marcus Satterfield's not getting fired. He's gonna finish out his tenure through this season. Like, what's the point? At this point, it's like, what is the point of kicking and screaming? Ray Charles could see this offense has got issues. Ray Charles could probably call a better game than Marcus Satterfield also. I mean, I I almost just don't even know where to begin. You know what I mean? Like, I I just, it it stinks. It stinks all the way around. I'll tell you this. I am, and I want to make this clear, I I am still 110% behind Shane Beamer, right? I, I do believe that Beamer is the guy for the job. I do believe that a change, guys, by the way, is going to inevitably come after the season, right? And, and I listen, I, I respect the fact that if he wants to wait and let Marcus Satterfield finish out the year, you know what? So be it. I get it. That's understandable. But Shane Beamer and his tenure, there are two things. There's more than two, but there are two things that come to mind for me that he's got to fix. He's got to change these things. Number one, he's got to fix bad offense, right? At this point, I would say that Shane Beamer's tenure is going to be solely based off of and judged off of, could he get the offense going? Bottom line, can you get some productive offensive football in Columbia, South Carolina? And the second thing, guys, you know, some people wouldn't label this as a quote-unquote big game, you know, oh, it's not a rivalry game, you know, Carolina, Florida wasn't that big of a game. You know, it, it, it was it was an important SEC game. It was an important SEC game. And South Carolina, for whatever reason, has this, has had this, this really disturbing trend in big games of getting their brains beat in. My good buddy Brad Crawford sent over this stat yesterday. 24 of the Gamecocks' last 32 losses. 24 of 32, guys. 75% have been by 14 points or more. So when Carolina's losing, they are getting their teeth kicked in. And when Carolina's playing good competition, for the most part, they're getting their teeth kicked in. I, I don't know exactly what it is because this team did looked unprepared from the start. Look, looked unmotivated, unprepared. You know, I hate to question effort and toughness, and but j- just just look outclassed from the jump. And while it sucks happening against the likes of a Georgia, right? Like you can understand when it happening happens against Georgia, right? Like it's Georgia. They're number one in the country. They've got five stars on five stars on five stars all across the board. But Florida, with all due respect to Billy Napier and the Gators, you look at Florida, came in this ballgame five and four, had struggled in games against South Florida, lost to Kentucky, right? Like, very beatable football team. Should not be 32 points better than you. And that game, guys, was over from the opening snap. Like, once Florida converted that third and 10 on the first drive of the game, that ball game was over. That ball game was over. And it just makes no sense to me 
But, you know, it almost felt like that that was a possibility that that was coming after after the week that was last week. And, guys, I, I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse, right? But, like, after the find some joy stuff and, uh, and, and then the call-in show, you know, saying that uh, – say that louder for the people in the back about how long it takes to build a program. Like, after all that happening, it was like, you know, I, I can almost feel an ass beating coming. Like, like, it feels like that might be in our future. But, I mean, even the most pessimistic Gamecock fan, I think, probably didn't see the result that we saw. And, guys, of course, it's fire Marcus Satterfield, right? It, 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 it is. I mean, we all know that. But, again, I, I feel like I'm just spewing hot air at this point. And then defensively, let me also point that out, by the way. I like Clayton White, right? But Clayton White should probably start catching some heat also. And at minimum, Jimmy Lindsay should, the defensive line coach. I mean, God, if you want to throw Greg Atkins to the Wolves, why does Jimmy Lindsay's name not get brought up more? Why, why, why does Jimmy Lindsay not get brought up in conversation? Because, guys, hey, it's been two years, and we haven't been able to stop the run at all. And I know linebackers at efficiency, like I, I think they probably get more of a pass because number one, when Shane Beamer took over, right, and Clayton White took over, the expectations for the defense were so astronomically low because of the way Will Muschamp left the group. And they overachieved last year's so, right. They they they've gotten a lot more benefit of the doubt, I think, to this point. But outside of the secondary, I mean, you look at what the defense has done. And, and I know a lot of the issues are in recruiting, right? There's some problems like linebacker. It's just an eyesore at this point, guys. And, I mean, give them credit. Sherrod Green and Stone Blanton and Debo Williams. I mean, they're, they're Brad Johnson. They're doing all they can. But uh, you, 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 need, you need more – you need better players. I'm bottom line. I, I, that's the only way you're going to fix the run defense, I think, is to upgrade the talent across the board. But then you look at some of the bodies you have, right, and you've had over the last two years. I mean, I don't know why Jimmy Lindsay's name ain't thrown around more. But I, I will say I think the reason the offense or the reason Marcus Satterfield gets so much more of the heat, and he should, uh, but the reason is because, you know, of the upgrades on the offensive side and, again, the fact that the defense, they had so little to work with and you almost feel like they've kind of overachieved, or at least they did last year. But, uh, you know, I, I think Shane Beamer obviously has to take a step back and look at his entire staff over the course of the offseason. But specifically sticking with the offense and back to the offense. I mean, I, I don't know, guys. I mean, I'm, I'm searching for answers. I'm searching for words to say here on this Monday. I, I don't know that I've got anything that can really make you feel any better here. I, I'll be totally honest with you. Um I, I, I don't know if it's me, by the way. I don't know if it's Carolina Alehouse, Somerville. Every time I've gone there... <laughs> we get blasted. So to all the folks out there in Somerville, I apologize. Hey, I'll, I'll never come back to your city if you don't want me to. It's <laughs> We've been there for two football games, and last year was uh, the Tennessee game, and of course this year the Florida game. So I, I, I don't know what I don't know what the issue is with with me and Carolina Somerville or what have you. I, I'll say this though, you know, again, I, I believe in Shane Beamer. I believe in what he's building, but Carolina fans are not are not asking for too much, and they're not unreasonable for expecting their team to be competitive. They're not. Gamecock fans can handle losing. Hell, I'd argue there ain't a fan base in America that handles losing as well as South Carolina, right? Hey, we've got, we should, we should be able to handle it. 
over 100 years of it, of losing. But to just be uncompetitive, I to look the way you did Saturday, you know, in a game that, yeah, you were the underdog, but it was only a nine-point spread, eight and a half, eight, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, I still sit here, guys, just baffled that this offense scored zero points. Zero. And if there was even a 1% chance, even a 1% chance that Marcus Satterfield could be retained going into next season, that's gone. That's been squashed. So maybe that's the only positive from Saturday night is that there's absolutely no way that Shane Beamer will retain Marcus Satterfield. Because if he does, it's career suicide and there will be damn mutiny within the fan base. I mean, straight up. I really believe it. I I believe there will be a, I believe this fan base will turn on Shane Beamer if he does not make the move on Marcus Satterfield. Where would this team be without Beamer ball, by the way? I I mean, I mean, my goodness. My good. If it wasn't for special teams, this is probably a three and nine football team. That's four and eight. Maybe four and eight. I mean, this is a pitiful football team. It is. It's a pitiful football team. And you look at the talent on the offensive side. I'm, I'm not sitting here saying you should beat Tennessee, scoring 50 a game. It's But it's just inexcusable, man. And I think Spencer Rattler, guys, for what it's worth, I know many of you are like, why aren't you calling for Rattler to be bench? I'm down for whatever at this point. Hey, you want to throw Dak Joyner in there, let him run the offense? Fine. You want to put Luke Doty out there? Fine. I'm down for whatever. I just don't think changing the quarterback is going to do much of anything. Guys, you look at his stats. Spencer Rattler was actually efficient. 18 of 26, 145 yards, didn't turn the ball over. I, I, I think this, I think these issues on offense are just they're just they're so far beyond. Just Spencer Rattler. They're so far beyond just the offensive line. They're so far beyond the receiver. Like any specific position. It it stinks at the top. The fish rots from the head down, right? And who's at the head of this thing? Marcus Satterfield. It's his stinky scheme. It's his dog shit scheme. And as long as he's here, which is the final two games, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the same as it's been all year long. So should South Carolina look at someone else under center? I, maybe, guys. I mean, I you know, I, I will say this. I will say this. There's a different sense of electricity when a guy like Dak Joyner's in there. There's a different sense of electricity when you have somebody in there that can run around. But I don't think it really solves your problems necessarily. Also, by the way, Speaking of offensive decision-making and and just ineptness in regards to coaching, the Jaheim Bell thing. Uh, you know, I, I wonder what guys like Lavoisier Carroll and Rashad Amos and Herbo Miller, I, I just wonder what those guys are thinking. You know, I understand that Jaheim Bell got no targets against Mizzou and you know, his mom went to social media raising hell, right? I, I get it. I get it. And they needed to get in the football. I totally get it. But this thing we're doing right now, making Jaheim Bell the running back, and, and I understand you're shorthanded, right? No Marshawn Lloyd, no Christian Beale Smith. But making Jaheim Bell the starting running back, it, it, it's almost like it's almost like you are to coin 
Morgan Wallen, it's almost like you're trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole. Like, you're just, you're trying to put a quick fix, temporary thing. You know, you started seeing buzz that, oh, my God, you know, Jaheim Bell might transfer. Well, let's just give him every carry. Let's put him in the backfield at running back. Like, you're not really solving the problem. And it feels like a move that an inexperienced, clueless coach would make. I mean, really, truly. It feels like a move, a panic type of move. Oh my God, his mom's mad on Twitter. Let's put him at running back. Let's let's get him as many touches as we can. We just want to make mom happy. But are you really using him to the best of his ability? No, you're not. You're putting a very temporary, quote unquote, fix on the problem. You're you're not really addressing anything, right? So I think that needs to probably cease. I I, I just Jaheim Bell at running back. It, I want him to touch the football, guys, 10, 12 times a game. Not at running back. I mean, you've 12 carries, 30 yards, two and a half yards per carry. What more do you need to see? And it's just wild to me. You recruit all these players. You got all these players on scholarship. They practice every day. You're telling me there ain't a true running back in that room that's better than Jaheim Bell? A guy that's not even a running back? And it's crazy to me. And then again, guys, defensively, because I want to make sure the defense gets their fair share of uh, criticism in this one as well. 374 rushing yards, man. I mean, holy shit. And I know some of you say, Chris, they were on the field the whole game. And, and I get that. They were on the field, especially, you know, they were on the field a lot of the game. But not at the start of the game, my guy. When Florida just shoved it down our throat, three drives in a row. Was the defense gassed at the start of the game? I don't disagree with you that the offense the offense is the bigger problem. We are all in agreement there. The offense is the bigger problem. That's what needs to be solved, right? Because it's really hard in this day and age of college football. It's just it's just impossible to have your defense like pitch a shutout, right? While you're trying to figure it out offensively. I mean. But the defense needs to be evaluated as well. Especially, especially after a summer in which Shane Beamer told everyone, defensive tackles, strength of the football team. I I, I just, guys, I'm, I'm like I said, I feel like I'm all, all over the place today. My brain scrambled eggs. I don't even know, you know, normally I kind of feel like I go a certain direction or down a path. I, I'm just all over it today, man. I, because when you get beat like you did, <laughs> I, I mean, again, it, all, all you can do is laugh. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, Stephen Garcia mentioned it a couple weeks ago. He talked about when they lost to Florida in the Swamp 56-6. to six, And when you lose like that, you almost just want to flush it and forget it as fast as possible, right? You, you all, I mean, there's almost, when there's, I mean, there are zero positives to take away from that game on Saturday. And, and the shame of it, though, again, the shame of it, the shame of it is this. Gamecock fans are honest about the state of affairs of the football team, right? I, I don't think this fan base, for the most part, I don't think this fan base, for the most part, is unreasonable. I don't think this fan base asks for too much. I, I Listen, there, there are people out there that got their expectations way too high. I get that. 
But to make it seem like fans are unrealistic for expecting more than what they got on Saturday, I, 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 I'd have to strongly disagree with you. And now the orange crush is 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 truly on. I mean, where do you, where do you go from here? I mean, where where do you go from here, man? You know, I, I hate to say just just write off the rest of the season and start booking your booking your plans to, to Nashville for the Music City Bowl, which I'd actually love to see that. By the way, somebody who's never been to Nashville, I'd love to go to that. But uh, Florida was the better team, start to finish. Uh, Florida is a much better team than South Carolina. There's no denying it. There's no debating it. Uh, and the Gamecocks, I think, guys, I- I'll tell you this. The Gamecocks have really got to stop and just look themselves in the mirror. Shane Beamer, everybody. Everybody in that building's got to look themselves in the mirror. Because you you can preach this, this joy, this this love your brother, this, 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 all that coach speak bullshit. You, you can preach all that. But that's not going to keep your job in Columbia, my friend. Even with our, our limited expectations, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but do you notice that coach speak shit is really hard to stomach after a game like Saturday? Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to hear about this team battled and we got a bunch of fighters in the locker room and they fought their guts out and we're proud of them for fighting. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear it. Think of all the Gamecock fans that made the trip to Gainesville. I know my Rippers did. I know we had some folks in the Big Cock Club that did. A lot of fans of the show that did. God, man. God bless each and every single one of you, man. I mean, I feel for you. I feel for you if you were in the building having to watch that in person. It's just trash, man. It's abysmal. It's pathetic. And, and, you know, I I know that Coach Beamer gets a little snappy with the media when he's asked questions he feels like are silly. But when you play like the way you did against Georgia and Florida, there's a reason you get asked questions like, do you sense any quit in your football team? Because that looked like a football team that quit to me. That looked like a football team that didn't even show up. They didn't quit. They didn't even show up. You know, one of my favorite tweets of the weekend Somebody said, it's easy to be a second-half football team. Right? They preach that all year. We're a second-half team. Well, it's easy to be a second-half team when you always play like shit in the first half. Like, did anybody notice at halftime when they showed the stats at half? I, I could have sworn it was like copy and paste from every other game this season. 112 yards of offense, two for six on third down. 32 yards run. Like, bro, we have had the same stats offensively like every first half this year. Every single one of them. I mean, guys, you you think, I, I don't know how to feel, honestly, because it's like, on one hand, we're six and four, and I'm disappointed because you're like, man, how good could we be if we even had a competent offense? God, this could have been a great season. But on the other hand, I'm guys, I'm honestly grateful that we're six and four. I'm grateful that we're already bowl eligible because I look at this team, I'm like, I don't know how we got to six wins. I, I really don't. And you know what's funny is like people really wanted to come down on me after the first game 
when I left that Georgia State game disgruntled, I, I was I was not thrilled with what I saw. But now you're now you're seeing why. Because it's been the same issues all year. This has been a very average football team from the jump. And I hate to be this guy right now, but I'm frustrated and I'm just, I'm irritated with how things went over the weekend. Like, I think what irritates Gamecock Nation right now, and I can't be a hypocrite, right? Because I will preach perspective and, hey, we're going to the postseason. But I talked all preseason, guys, all the way back in January. How you win and lose. How you win and lose. That's how year two should be judged. If we're judging year two of how it's happened, this is an F. This season has been an F. Right? Because we felt like, okay, year one, you understand it, right? We're shorthanded. We got four different quarterbacks starting a game. First-year head coach, a lot of moving pieces, not his roster, everything that comes with it. There were some ugly results, but you had the built-in excuse. But we felt like going into year two, okay, you should start to compete a little more. You can't go out and lose by 40. You can't go out and be non-competitive. That's what Saturday was. A non-competitive loss. And that is what is driving people insane. Again, I'm behind Shane Beamer. But a result like Saturday felt very much champish. That's what's bothering people. This is so reminiscent of what we just went through a Will Muschamp. Guys, I'd even venture to say, and I can't believe I'm saying this, I I, I would kill for that, Co- that Kurt Roper, Jake Bentley offense right now. I'd kill for that offense over what we have. I'd kill for it. I, I Just again, this, this trend of getting blown out, uh, it, it, it is just, I mean, I, I genuinely do not understand how you can spend all week getting ready for a game. And, and you know, I, I I don't know if this is, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm from the school of baseball, right? That's what I played in college. And I know coach speak is a thing that exists across all college football, right? Or excuse me, all, all, across all sports. Coach speak exists in every sport. Maybe my football guys out there, though. You got any coaches out there? Football guys. Y'all can answer this, though. I just don't understand why nauseating coach speak is part of this game. Why is nauseating, what makes you want to vomit coach speak, part of the game of football? I don't know why football coaches feed people such bullshit. Tell me we practice like shit. Tell me when our star player is out. Like, I just, dude, it is like when you're not winning, Oh, my God, it is so frustrating. Hearing some of the things we say. You want to talk shit? Talk shit. But you can't go out there and get your ass kicked, too. You want to tell the fan base to find some joy and say it louder for the people in the back. Pipe down, slap dick. Well, you can't go out and lose by 32 to Florida and not score a single offensive point. And I want to make something very clear, too, by the way. I I don't know why, you know, listen, I'm an entrepreneur, guys. I I, I have a business. We make merchandise. 
I'm going to still keep it a buck. I'm going to still keep it real. And as I said on last week's show, it's all love. When I speak on Coach Beamer, I'm 110% behind Shane Beamer and what they're doing with this football program. But it will always be tough love. It will always be tough love. And so I say all I said, I'll say it again. If you want to talk shit to the fan base and you want to get snappy and snarky with the media and you, 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 you know, that's fine. You can do that. But you better not go get beat by 32 points and not score a single offensive point as well. Because then you just look silly. All Gamecock fans have done is show up and support a bad product for over 100 years. Outside of a couple. Outside of a a handful. And I still feel like this program is going the right direction. You got to cut Marcus Satterfield's ass. You got to make some adjustments within your staff. You got to commit. You got to commit to hiring a great staff. A great, not a good one, a great one. A great staff. But, man, these growing pains along the way, these lumps we are taking, oh, oh man, it's just hard to stomach. It's just really hard to stomach. And it gets no easier. (laughs) The Orange Crush continues. And now you got a pair of top ten teams to close out the year. Staring six and six right in the face. We can live with losing. We, 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 we can live with it. Coming out and being unprepared and unmotivated and, and getting your teeth kicked in from the jump. Just don't show up next time. Just, just, just don't even get on the bus. Don't even get on the bus. And I'm still left sitting here on this Monday searching for my joy. So how about that? How about that? Guys, my greatest takeaway, by the way, let's do let's dive into that. My biggest takeaway from Saturday is just we got a long way to go. I, I don't know what else. I, what what do you take away from a game like Saturday? You know? What do you take away from it? I mean, what is there to take away? Marcus Satterfield needs to be fired. Well, we already knew that. We, we already knew that. And and for those, you know what I love? I love the people on social media that are like, that are like, you're always blaming the OC. Why don't you blame this? Well, he's the only guy we can fire. You want to fire Spencer Rattler? Can't really do that. We're not going to fire Shane Beamer. Somebody has to take accountability. Somebody's got to fall on the sword. Hello, Marcus Satterfield, making 900 grand a year. Welcome to the big leagues. Don't get the job done, your ass is grass. Go back to East Tennessee State. But South Carolina football has just got a long way to go, guys. And, and, I, and I know it's frustrating because, you know, I, I, you, know you hear, and I do believe it, it takes time to build a great program. But you, you see other teams like Tennessee and LSU winning the SEC West in Brian Kelly's first year. And you see, you know, you just see other programs having hella success offensively. And, and it just makes you scratch your head. And, I, and, I'll, and I'll tell you this. I, I, I'll tell you this. Again, I, I believe in Shane Beamer 110%. But right now, we look like a football team coached by 
a glorified special teams coach as our head coach. That's what we look like. Right or wrong, that's what we look like. Special teams are great. Outside of that, we are trash. I mean, we are complete dog shit outside of that. And this isn't the this isn't the let me come down on on, on Shane Beamer episode. I mean, guys, I'm I'm pissed off. I'm frustrated. You don't like it, tough shit. I, I mean, it, it's I I mean I'm I'm just I'm disgusted with what I saw on Saturday. But that's how the team looks. They say the that you know a football team takes on the identity of its head, of its head coach of its coaches. It's just embarrassing, man. It's 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 a performance that makes anybody who wears the garnet and black embarrassed to do so. That that that's the type of game that was Saturday. And again, as Steve Spurrier used to say, you know, fans just want a team they can be proud of. They just they just want something to crow about. That that's it. Even you can be proud and defeat. Even you know, you went to Gainesville and you lost thirty eight to thirty one, and hey, they just outscored you, man. Sucks. We'd still be pissed, but. You know, I'm proud of the football team, the way they fought and competed. And Beamer can say he's proud of the way our team fought. Give me a break, dude. Give me a break. We got to stop and take a long, hard look in the mirror, man. And again, I want to make it very clear. I'm 110% behind Shane Beamer. But you lose a game like that, hey, this is big boy football. This is the SEC. You're going to catch the criticism that comes with it. Bottom line. But we got a long way to go. I, I mean, in recruiting and, and everything. And, you know, it's it's a process. It's a build. But I, I don't think it takes five years to be competitive. I, I really don't. I don't. I, I don't think it takes – I don't think it takes five years of recruiting. Like, do we do we really not have a roster that can be competitive? Is that is that the reality? Is is that our reality? It's It's – and it's hard for people to stomach that. You know, maybe instead of, you know, maybe instead of, and then, you know, we got our Twitter account says, the Gamecocks fall to, to, to Florida. That's all it says. The Gamecocks fall to Florida. It's so funny. Like, we want to go out there and, you know, make a freaking Disney movie after we beat Vanderbilt, but we can't even throw up the final score after the game. We can't hold the L like a man. You know, like, like really? <laughs> Making ourselves like damn fools. But we want to make a, we want to make a Disney movie and act like we won the Super Bowl after we beat Vanderbilt and got to six wins. Oh, we're bowl eligible. Thank God. Let, let's, let's make a Disney movie, right? I mean, give me. disgusting dude it's, it's just disgusting it is it is it's sickening it's sickening let's hand out some game balls because even in the in the difficult performance i want to recognize these guys to carry on joiner um uh, gamecock nation for making the trip down to gainesville there were a lot of you down there obviously i got tons of pictures tons of videos tons of dms from you all uh, you know, want to say thank you to Gamecock Nation. Again, you guys showed up, showed out, did your part. Uh, wish we would have put a better product in the field. Also, Debo Williams, I want to recognize on the defensive side. I thought he was flying around all night. Uh, you look at his numbers, by the way, seven total tackles, one and a half sacks, and one and a half tackles for loss. And then finally, Kai Kroger. Hey, Kai Kroger for QB1. I mean, why not? 
Kid went uh, one for one, 48 yards with the touchdown pass. Uh, you also look at his punt, six for a 45-yard average, and he downed three of them inside the 20 and had a long of 54. So a great night for Kai Kroger, and um, unfortunately, he's got a hell of a workout this season. Thank God we have a good punter. Slap dig of the weekend. What do you know? It's Marcus Satterfield again. You know, we do our postseason award show and we do slap dig of the year. <laughs> I don't know if there's ever been a shoe in this early on, but uh, yeah, Marcus Satterfield is 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 going to be und- I might get I might get a plaque made. Honestly, get a plaque made with Marcus Satterfield's face on it. Slap dig of the year. And finally, guys, our Cock Commander MVP award. It goes to DeCarion Joyner. Two catches for 73 yards and the lone touchdown in the ball game. He also had two carries for 17 yards, averaging eight and a half yards per carry. You, you love to see it again. Dak Joyner making an impact for the second straight week. And I'll tell you this again, man. The offense is stagged. I mean, why not, dude? Why? why I, I just... Am I sitting here telling you Dak Joyner should be QB1? And, guys, I gave my honest assessment on Dak Joyner, his role in this football team early in the season. Hey, if you want Dak Joyner to play and you want him to be QB1, your fight's not with me. Your fight is with Shane Beamer and Marcus Satterfield. They're the ones that won't play him. I just want to see some points. I want to see South Carolina move the football offensively. So I'm game for whatever that calls for. And I will say this, when he's in there, there is a different spark. There is. There's a different, you know, it's it's not so predictable because this offense does not fit Spencer Rattler. I mean, that's a given. That is a given. This offense is not built for him. For a guy like Dak Joyner who can improvise, right? And I say this as a compliment. I know there's some of you that will get pissed hearing it, but you know what? I'm going to say it anyways. This is a gadgety, gimmicky offense. You know what it calls for? A gadgety, gimmicky quarterback. Dak Joyner can be that guy. Why not? And again, I say that as a compliment. I, I don't say that as an insult. But for what the offense is, Dak Joyner can bring a level of excitement to it. Again, that's not my plea for him to be QB1, but I mean, God, if you get in a game and you're stagnant, why not? Throw something else out there. Do something. But I don't expect anything to change. I don't expect anything to change. And, you know, again, guys, I I, I just, I know we'll talk about it all week. We'll vent. It's going to be another therapy week. I feel like, I you know, it's, it's not even going to be therapy Monday. It's going to be a therapy week. But, uh, yeah, just, just, just brutal, just abysmal. And we deserve better. Bottom line, Gamecock Nation deserves better. Uh, all right, guys, let's get into our news and notes, and we'll get in your listener questions and voicemails. But first, though, I want to tell you about our friends over at Carolina Cigars, because it's always the Spurs Up show brought to you by our friends at Carolina Cigars. Guys, Carolina Cigars has been in operation since 2008, recently taken over by the Peterson family in 2020. Whether you're new to the cigar scene or you've been enjoying cigars your entire life, Carolina Cigars has the expertise and knowledge to make your visit to their shop enjoyable stop by for a fine cigar and experience their classic cigar lounge where people come together share conversations and become friends so if you're into cigars and you're on hilton head island you really do need to come by and visit them they offer same day shipping nationwide free delivery island-wide for weddings and all special occasions they're also proud to offer premium cigars at nine outside humidor locations 
around Hilton Head Island, and they have special events throughout the year as well. They want to talk to you. They want to engage. They want to share with you their cigar selection they're very proud of and their beautiful lounge. When you're in the low country, there's only one place for cigars. That's Carolina Cigars, Hilton Head Island's premier cigar merchant. Come and share your passion, guys. It's all there at Carolina Cigars. You can find them on Instagram at at Carolina underscore cigars. That's at Carolina underscore cigars. Or give them a call today at 843-681-8600. That's 843-681-8600. Smoke them if you got them and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show since you. All right, guys, just one note to get into. South Carolina opens as a 21-point underdog to the Tennessee Volunteers. And I, I'll tell you this, not to spoil my best bet, but I, I expected this line to be around 24, 24 and a half. You know, I, I understand, right, the the things are never as good as they seem. Things are never as bad as they seem. But, my God, 21 just – doesn't even remotely feel like enough after what Tennessee did in Mizzou, how they've looked this year, and how the Gamecocks have looked. I, I think most would say Tennessee's an easy bet, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more on Wednesday. But I do expect, I do expect that line uh, to move a good bit in favor of the Volunteers. All right, let's get in your voicemails, guys. Your listener questions. We have got a ton of voicemails. So I'm gonna try to get through a couple of these. Try to get through as many as I can. Again, we're not gonna play all 37, obviously. But uh, we'll go ahead and get it rolling. So I have one question. So my basic question is, why does Shane Beamer bounce around the initial problems that they're actually having on the team? Um, such as, hey, if you know your offensive coordinator isn't calling great plays, then just say that. If you know your defensive coordinator isn't calling great plays, just say that. Stop saying we had good looks tonight and this was the problem. Stop bouncing around the problem and get to it. The quicker you do that, the quicker you'll be able to win. So, in all, why are you stalling to get to the, the problem so that way you can find a solution to it? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the voicemail, and it's kind of like I said earlier, man. It's just the the and the point you make. The, the coach speak is just, it's nauseating. Again, I, I love Shane Beamer. I love Coach Beamer. I believe in Shane Beamer. I want to make that very clear. I believe he's going to do great things here, but... I'm going to call a spade a spade. Y'all know that, and I'm going to give y'all that. That's your expectation of me, and that's what I promise to you, that I'm going to always keep it real and keep it a buck. And, uh, you know, I don't understand why the nauseating coach speak is so ingrained in the game of football. I, I really genuinely don't get why it is. But, God, it, it is, it's it's one of my least favorite parts of the sport. I mean, it, it it is terrible. And it's so bad when you get your fucking brains beat in and you got your coach in the postgame saying, we got to go look back at the tape and proud of the guys for the fight and the great effort. It's like you just lost by 32, bro. You just lost by th- – like you weren't even competitive, dog. You weren't even competitive. What you talking about? This point, honestly, if Shane Beamer beats Marcus Hatterfield after this season, he will never make it as a head coach. It's time about this. You have to do what's already been to tell your friends, and he just, he's got to pull the triggers because that showing tonight was abysmal. Like, I don't know if there's a a word really describe how bad it was, but it was that bad. Yep, fire sat. I appreciate the voicemail, my guy. 
Why is Marcus Satterfield the worst coordinator in the nation? I don't get it. Shane Beamer will not fire him. He cannot call plays. What is our offense doing? He does not deserve to get a ride on the plane home. I mean, I mean, what's the deal? We have Freddie Pickens in-house. We might as well let him call plays already. Promote him in-house. I mean, honestly, if Marcus Satterfield has a job on Monday, then Shane Beamer needs to... Yeah, it's time to start doing it, Shane Beamer, if he still has a job on this Monday. That's the main question we have, Chris. Tell us. <laughs> I appreciate the uh, the voicemail, boys. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, I'm – no, I, I don't think it's time to start going at Shane Beamer. I think people calling for Shane Beamer's job right now are, you know, just upset and understandably so. But, no, I, I – I, I, again, if Beamer – here's the thing. Here's what I'll say. I would have fired Marcus Satterfield after the Mizzou game, right? I, I would have made that move. If Shane Beamer wants to wait till end of season, he wants to let the contract run out. Like, I'm totally fine with that. However, I will say this. There are better ways that I think Shane Beamer could handle this. I I think there are ways where Shane Beamer could be forthcoming in regards to, you know, this is the problem. We identify the problem. I'm assuring you it's getting fixed. Like, I I just, I feel like there are, there, there, there are things that could have been said during this that have not been said. Instead of taking a defensive type of tone, a defensive mentality, you know what I mean? Like, and that that could because that's how it's felt. That's that's how it's come off. Very defensive. Like, we're right, you're wrong, it's gonna work. And, and it's and it's just that is a real turnoff for fans. So I'm not even saying like I'm not no, I'm not saying don't go at Shane Beamer if he's still got a job today, but I I, I just you know, there there are better ways to handle it, and I think you, you win more favor with your fan base, just my opinion. All right, let's keep it rolling. You know, I mean, it's crazy. You know, Rattler didn't have his best game tonight, but our offensive struggles just keep on going. The offensive line played awful. We've got three 300-pound men up there on our line. They can't block one 415-pound dude. It's a problem. Um, and, you know, all those fumbles on the first three plays in the second half, you cannot blame it on rap. It's just not his fault. But I think Tattersall's got to go. And uh, Beamer Ball, life of a Gamecock. Let's go. Throws up, baby. Hey, I appreciate the voicemail, man. Yeah, you mentioned that 415-pound defensive lineman. Why would you run it up the gut directly at him? Like every first down. <laughs> Marcus Satterfield, that's why. Hey, Chris. Uh, I'm calling from Charleston, South Carolina. I just wanted to say that sequence where we fumbled the ball three separate times uh, starting at the second half was one of the most poor performances I've ever seen. I've never seen us fumble the ball and turn it over that many times. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that three-play sequence or the three-drive sequence where we fumbled it three times. Thank you, Chris. Hey, I appreciate the call. Shout-out to Charleston, by the way. Uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Bad football, sloppy. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> what what more is there to say? You know what I mean? It, it just it, – it turned uh, – it turned that night from bad to worse. You know what I mean? We 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 look like the bad news bears. You know, somebody pitch a tent over the circus type vibe. So, um, 
Yeah, just just a just a horrific night all the way around, and certainly that was that was a that was a forgettable sequence for sure. That was a forgettable sequence for sure. I appreciate the call, my man. Thank you. I just didn't know how is it possible we've regressed as a team throughout the season. Supposed to be a second half team. Supposed to get better. You you progress as a from the second game to the third game. All that find some joy. All that bullshit. We're getting worse, and I don't see us winning another game. I hate to say it, but it ain't looking good, brother. Hey, I appreciate the call, and uh, Nami. Nah, mean, listen, you make a good point. This was. Uh... You know, this was supposed to be the time of year where the, where the where the football team looks a lot better than they did early in the season. And I mean, I think just what's crazy is that you, you like most people think that we are worse than we were last year, which is nobody would have ever no nobody would have ever thought, right? Nobody would have ever thought. Um, it's it's just it's hard to fathom. It really is. It is official. Go for the game to get to the next level. He, his play calling is just getting progressively more and more pathetic. And Spencer Rattler doesn't have any clue what he's doing out there because of Marcus Satterfield. For Shane Beamer and the game to get where they need to be, Marcus Satterfield has got to go. Just nothing else can be done about it. Shane Beamer needs to let go of his friendship with him and just either let his contract run out at the end of the year or fire him now. Because Tennessee and Clemson is absolutely guaranteed loss, especially with the way play calling was tonight. Simply pathetic. Well said. All right, we got a two-part voicemail here, and this one looks like it'll be a uh, it'll be a fun one. Here we go. If I have to watch one more fucking third and long screen pass, I am going to drive to William Price, buy Marcus Satterfield, and fire him myself. Thank you, and good night. And here's part two. And if anybody tells me to find some fucking joy, I swear to God, I, I don't want to hear it. If I hear anything about a goddamn moral victory, none of this fucking shit. Florida is a bad fucking team, and they made we made them look like the fucking best team in the entire country. My man, I, I genuinely appreciate that. You speak for us all and uh, for all the kids that are listening. I, I, I apologize, folks, but uh, I think you kind of, I think you kind of know what you uh, know what you're getting when when you when you tune in on a on a therapy Monday. We we got a couple of more, and then we will get into the listener questions. Look, man, I got a question. Why are we still playing Spencer Rattler? I mean, come on, we got Dodie, we got Joiner. Uh, I got another man. Hey, sir. Hey, another question. I mean, we had, I'm not going to say we have the most South Carolina in, in, in our program, but we have checkbooks out, wallets out, and everything ready to go. Why can we not have a dominating fucking football team? Come on. We're the laughing stock at SEC. Hey, promise to you, baby. Vanderbilt beat Kentucky today. Why couldn't we beat Florida? Fire sack. Fire Let's go, baby. Let's start somewhere. Let's clear the swamp. 
I appreciate the call, man. Um, I think there's no reason why Carolina can't win and win big. I'm not saying be what Georgia is. I'm not saying be what Alabama is, but there's no reason why Carolina can't be an eight and four or nine and three program on a yearly basis. And, uh, and, and, and I mean, listen, you're going to have bad days, right? You're going to have bad games. You know, it, it's even the best do. You're going to have games where you get blown out. It's going to happen, but it happens way too often when it comes to Carolina. And I think, you know, we got two more games and we're going to look back on this season as an entirety as it was right in a couple of weeks when we do our, our postseason report cards and all that stuff. But like, I think one of the biggest problems too, is like, you look at this season, like what, what's the best win? What's the best win of this season? What's the best win of the Shane Beamer era to this point? Who have we beaten that you'd point to and be like, man, we, we beat a really good football team. I mean, we beat a really, really good team. Right? Who is it? I mean, this year you look, Kentucky's dog shit, Vandy's dog shit, and your third SEC win against Texas A&M, they're terrible. Right? And then you look at your your, your other three wins, Georgia State struggled, and then Charlotte and SC State don't even count. So what's your best win? Who have you beaten that even has a pulse? I mean, yes, it was great to snap the streak against A&M, and it was great to beat Kentucky and Lexington. Those were games you absolutely needed to win. But, like, what, what's your best win? I think that's where a lot of people struggle to. All right, let's get back into your voicemails here. Chris, seriously, tell us, man, is this the worst performance you've seen Carolina play in I don't even know how long. You be honest. I want you to give it hell on your post-game wrap-up. But I want you to really be honest and say, is this the worst performance? I mean, Missouri, this, this ain't nothing was bad. Missouri was bad. I thought Missouri was bad. We all know Missouri was bad. This ain't nothing compared to that crap. I mean, this, this was just horrible upon horrible. How do you compare this to our losses in the past? Because, my gosh, I'm just I'm still reeling from it. We had a heck of a great time with you at uh, at the Yale House, the boys from Kane Bay. You rocked it. We love you. Kane Bay boys. Hey, I appreciate y'all coming out. The Kane Bay boys were also the ones telling me that you need to make Marcus Shitterfield or Marcus Shatterfield t-shirts. So I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all are legends. Um, is this the worst performance it reminds me very much so of the Tennessee game last year, the Texas A&M game last year, but even the A&M game, like you saw Jason Brown come in late and you're like, oh, maybe there's a spark. You had none of that. Um, I mean, this is, you know, you think back to Clemson last year, 30 to nothing. Yeah, I mean, this is, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't exactly know where I'd rank this one among the worst, but uh, it's up there, man. It's It's up there. It's up there for sure. So, hey Chris, it's Cam from Spartanburg. I really don't understand why you need to wait two games to fire Marcus Satterfield. You're going to end up half your team going to be in the transfer portal if you can't score against the 116th ranked defense in America. You're not going to score against Tennessee or Clemson. Rip the band-aid off. Fire this man tonight. Well said, my friend. Well said. I appreciate the call. Uh, let's keep it rolling. We got tons of voicemails, man. I appreciate y'all calling in. I've only got one message. Marcus. 
That was the most abysmal performance I've ever seen. I just, I'm at a loss for words. Um, you know? But it's, it's okay. I'm just going to find some joy. Find some joy knowing that we scored points with our punter. Our punter is the best quarterback. I appreciate the voicemail, man. Uh, you know, it's so funny, and I don't know exactly what was going on in the background, by the way. Hopefully everything was okay. But uh, the find some joy stuff, man, it's it's so funny. Everybody at Carolina Alehouse Somerville. We had a great turnout, by the way. Thank you, everybody that came out. I, I should have said that earlier, but thank you all so much for the love and support and showing up. And it, it, it was awesome, despite the result. But everybody, like every five minutes, was saying, it's okay, find some joy, find some joy. And, and you know, people, I think, most the masses agree with me. There were some folks who did not like that I had something critical to say about the find some joy comments, but it is very obvious. You look on social media, you hear from enough, enough people, it, it becomes more and more and more and more and more obvious that those find some joy comments were a swing and a miss. And you know what? You can still love and support Shane Beamer and admit those comments were a miss because people wouldn't be bringing it up in the manner in which they are if that weren't the case. All right, let's keep it moving. Literally, after watching that game, all I can think about is how if we just don't have Marcus Satterfield, heck, if we have Coastal Carolina offensive coordinator with that spread scheme, we still put points on the board. Because the one thing they do great is they give the ball to their best playmakers every time they touch the field and we don't even do that we don't even do that well enough and they don't even have big offensive lines they don't have three and four star offensive linemen they've got guys most people have never even heard of and they're successful because they know how to get the ball and guys and our OC almost does the opposite well said my friend I appreciate the call uh, let's move into this voicemail. I think you guys are going to kick out of this one. Hey, this is Scott. I'm selling my four tickets in a university house park pass to the first Tennessee fan that can give me money that's worth it. I'm not, I was there for Georgia, and I'm not going to sit through that again. So, especially as long as Satterfield's calling the plays. Go Cox. Scott, I appreciate the call, man. Yeah, anybody uh, who wants tickets, if you want me to get you Scott's information, uh, I got you. So, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll make it happen. All right, one final voicemail, then we'll get into your questions. Hey, Chris, sorry. It's been a while since I've called, but uh, couldn't hold my tongue from last night's dreadful performance. Uh, you know, we've talked about the play calling and all the offensive issues, but uh, the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, I know Marshall always hurt. I know it's struggling to stay healthy, and it's really unfortunate. I hate it for him, but we tried to get Bill out there at running back and give him pretty much 90% of the carries. They get you a little smaller. He probably can't really hold up and pass protection. And let's just be honest, he's not the type who's going to get 20, 25 carries a game. But it's like you do get Bill, you don't do Rashad Amos, Lavoisier, Carroll, and some of the other guys on the roster. They don't even get a look 
Like they 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 don't even come out. And I'm not even talking about coming out for 15 carries. Just for a couple of plays. And, and it's like, what does that say? They put Jaheim Bell out there, and I get everybody's like, we got to get Bill the ball, got to get Bill the ball. We put him out there at running back and continue to run into the knife of the defense at Florida number 21 and just destroyed our interior. I just, I don't get it. I, I, I really, I really don't get that. And I'm kind of getting to the point where obviously a change needs to be made at OC, but maybe change needs to be made at every offensive, like staff member position, like every offensive position. It needs to be a hard look at. And now, you know, I, I, I gave Cleveland White a pass last year, and, you know, he, he's had some injuries this year. He's dealing with the run defense, man, and it's it, it hurt the next two weeks. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just completely unacceptable, but I wanted to ask you about the running back thing. Like, what do you think about that, the, the head-scratching move with that? And if Marshawn Lloyd is out even longer, did they do that? They continue to do that with you and Bill? So, we'll see. Uh, Everybody better buckle in and find the joy the next two weeks, too. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, keep up the good stuff, Chris. We'll talk to you later. Tim, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure to hear from you. Um, yeah, always great calls. Always a lot of great insight. And, uh, yeah, no, great minds think alike, Tim, because I, I mentioned that a little bit earlier on the show that uh, – you know, the Jaheim Bell at running back thing, just, you know, I, I understand you want to get him the football and, and make him feel like, you know, he's a, he's a big part of your offense and, and make that a point of emphasis, right? But as I mentioned earlier, it just feels like you're trying to put a Band-Aid on a bullet hole, right? It, it feels like a quick, quick trigger, like, well, how can we get him the ball the easiest way? How can we get it to him a lot of times? Like, well, let's just stick him at running back. And it's like, you have true running backs on the roster like, I, I just wonder, what are guys like Amos and Carroll and Turbo Miller, what are they thinking? Because if I'm them, I'm like, I'm not sticking around for this. I'm going to go somewhere where I can actually compete as a running back to play. You know, I, I mean, I understand, like, Carroll had a transition because he was playing DB at Georgia. And, but I thought Amos looked pretty decent in 2020. Like, I, it is just baffling to me that Jaheim Bell is the best option at the running back spot. Like, I, I, I just... Yeah, it's just hard to comprehend, Tim. And uh, no, to your point, listen on Clayton White. I like Clayton White, but the run defense has been so abysmal. You know, I, I think he ought to be questioned as well. I, I think outside of really Justin Step on the offensive side and Torian Gray on the defensive side, I think every position, every coaching, uh, you know, every coaching staff spot, every single coach on this staff should be looked at hard and and, and looked at and evaluated and possibly replaced. So. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't disagree with you, and I think after you have a result like you had on Saturday night, everything's got to be looked at, no doubt. Tim, I appreciate the call, appreciate the voicemail. All right, let's run through your listener questions, and we'll get out of here. Quinn Jamison says, "I just don't understand anymore." I hear you, man. Um, let's see. Brian Marquise Jr. Sat is not it. CRS picks. We can't be calling for Beamer's job like some people are. Recruits won't like that. And I'll tell you this, CRS. Yeah, don't nobody should be calling for Beamer's job, right? It's it's year two, but I'll tell you this, man. To the whole like, oh, recruits see that I can't be critical on social media because a recruit might see it. Losing thirty eight to six is much more harmful than somebody saying fire Marcus Satterfield on Twitter. I I can assure you. Uh, Cocky eighty four says fire Sat. Chad Floyd says these games are no longer worth watching with the play the way the plays are called on the offense. Certainly not entertaining, is it? 
Jay Painter, 71, fire sat. White should be on the hot seat, too. Run defense is non-existent. I'm going to run through these questions, guys, by the way. Davis Holt, uh, glad we were a basketball and soccer school. <laughs> I love it. Sanchelli, four, no shot sat. will be on staff next week. This was his final nail. We'll see. We'll see. Jordan Bertillo, Kai Kroger, QB1, leave special teams on the field the whole time. Yeah, I mean, we, we'd be better off just running the game out of the point. The, the punt, excuse me, I, I misspoke. The punt formation. The punt formation. American Offshore, us fans need to force Beamer to make a change at OC, protect Beamer from himself. How do you do that? H. Lee 320 says, F. Sat. Indeed. Joshua C. Morton, yikes, just yikes. Team looked defeated except when DK touched the ball. Jacob Frazier, what coaches do you think will be fired at the end of the season? I, I don't know. As long as Sat's fired, though, that's the one that needs to be changed. Uh, American Offshore says, empty Willie B. Barron home game should force Beamer to change at OC. We only got one home game left, my guy. So, uh, Columat88, I honestly don't know where to start. Let's see, a lot of fire sat comments. Yeah, B-Dubs92, what else is there to say? Yeah, I mean, truly, truly. I was I was searching for the words today. Uh, ben Smitty2017, I didn't find any joy, but I did find the liquor cabinet. <laughs> I hear you. I think that's where most folks probably searched for their joy. Uh, USC Gary, everybody going to blame Rattler and know he hasn't looked great, but this play calling is horrendous. I agree. I, I just, I don't think Spencer Rattler's even got a chance, guys. I really don't. Uh, Jay Hastings, I really can't tell if Florida's defense just played well or we weren't trying. Marcus Satterfield happened. That's what happened. B Partain 01 says, find some joy, Chris. I hear you. Appreciate it. Zach Matthews 02 says, it's women's basketball season. <laughs> J.F. Bartlett, they got out talented. It's the way every weekend. It's that way every weekend. Just not a talented club yet. It'll come. Mike Edwards, 07, consistency is key. Bobby Light, SC, is Spencer Rattler really this bad? I think the scheme is just dog shit. Bob Maggio says, we have a special teams coach. That is all. Uh, let's see. A.Riley.Q says, I personally want to punch Sat. Love it. Uh, Kutch 7 my left pinky toe is more potential to be an OC than Marcus. ZS Brown, 17, I know Sat won't get fired midseason, but please fire him out of the Clemson and not a crappy bowl game. And the final comment, HLB Sanders, 5 says fire Satterfield. So, <laughs> a lot of the same sentiment. Uh, it is Therapy Monday, and again, I'm sure it'll be Therapy Week all throughout this week. Guys, tune in to the Daily Crow noon to two all week long Monday through Friday on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. Of course, podcast will drop normal today, Wednesday and Friday. And again, I appreciate y'all's love, y'all's support and we will find a way to get to it, through it together. Looking forward to being back at Willie B one final time this weekend. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank y'all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday and we will talk to you all on Wednesday.